Hey guys, welcome to Biomast episode 27. Uh, glad you can join us today. Um, if you're in Arizona like me and mess up the time, you know, you're, you're also an idiot. I, we, <laughs> in Arizona, we don't do daylight savings time, so I got a little confused and screwed up the time. So if you managed to, to tune in, you know, uh, I'm glad you're here. Everyone else, I hope you set your clocks back and enjoyed your uh, free hour of sleep today. But anyways, so... It was a fantastic hour. (laughs) On a Sunday, because, you know, you usually wake up early on those days, right? I I feel so sorry for you guys not getting that extra hour. Like I said, in Arizona, we hate the sun. It's a terrible thing. It should go away as soon as possible. So we we like it to get dark as quickly as, as we can. But yeah, anyways, uh, so uh, yeah, thanks for joining in. Uh, we got a, a pretty big list of guests here today, so uh, we'll just start at the top of the list and work our way down. So, uh, Iron Wolf? Hello, I'm Iron Wolf Saber. I'm CP1 member, and uh, just messing around. Okay, Jadik? Hello, I'm Jadik Menaheim, CEO of Zerk Cloud Consortium, largest rest home of all the counts in Dust514. All right. Uh, Killer, are you going to be joining us today? Um, yeah. Uh, hey, I'm Killer12. CEO of Corporate Raiders and general talking head of the forums and everywhere. He didn't escape the recording channel fast enough. Yeah, no, he's 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 slinking around Nullsec somewhere. You should probably go and find and kill him so we can listen to him scream in the air. But uh Lether? I don't think your voice is coming through, bud. Am I the only one not hearing him or <laughs> Yeah, no. yeah, he's he's gone. So just uh, continue. Okay, well, we'll get back to him in a second. Uh, I'm Pokey Draven, CEO of OSG Planetary Operations and co-host here on Biomast. And Zell, I'm Soraya Zell, another co-host here on Biomast, a leader of Top Men and a member of CPM One. And uh, Jason Larson cannot unfortunately come today. He's doing federal NDA stuff that we can't talk about. So uh, you know, we, we wish him best of luck and hopefully he'll be back next week. Any chance in your mic working, Luther? I'll take that as a no. So <laughs> hopefully you can get it fixed. But uh, yeah, today uh, we, we're probably going to go over mostly the complete patch notes for 1.9. It's coming out on Tuesday, so two days from now. Uh, we kind of touched on it last week, but uh, we didn't have full confirmed you know, details. So it's, it's pretty cool stuff. If you haven't read the, the uh, blog online yet, we'll be going over it uh, today. So we'll get started on that. So I'm just going to work my way down from the top of the list here. Uh, so November 4th is going to be the release of the, the 1.9 update. Uh, the short list is we're getting new maps, new sockets. Uh, they're going to be fixing or changing some things in the maps, just little details here and there. Uh, loyalty ranks, skills and skill point improvements, uh, the ability to sell to an NPC vendor, uh, um, and uh, some improvements to the uh, veteran experience, which is going to be pretty cool. So some bug fixes, gameplay improvement, and whatnot. So... Uh, the first thing we're starting with is the new map and components. So it looks like they're adding uh, a new terrain, and I think I'll let Iron Wolf handle this. He likes to talk about the terrain maps. So what's going on with that? Okay, as you know, currently there are two mega terrains, as or maps, as they're sometimes called. <laughs> I knew he was going to do that. <laughs> they're currently known as plateaus and on um, craters, and you'll notice that all the maps that you, as a player, experience as is um basically subsections of this uh, larger map. So we're getting another really extra-wide area called Highlands. And we'll be having additional battlefields that take place within Highlands. So this is actually maybe three, possibly three or more maps. But only three are being listed now. So when you say three are being listed now, is the possibility of opening up additional sections of this mega-terrain? And they're just starting off with a couple? It depends if they decide to design a new one or not. But it's fairly possible. 
Very cool. Very cool. So that's going to be a, a pretty big deal. I mean, that's that's three full new maps just for you know terrain. They can stick you know various sockets in there and, and make it uh, pretty unique. So that's that's. I'm actually really surprised. I'm glad that we saw that. I expected maybe a a new socket, but adding whole to, whole new terrain is is pretty huge. So that's that's really good to hear. Another thing is they're adding uh, one of the large socks they're adding is the Caldari production facility. And it's my understanding that this actually had existed for some time, but they couldn't implement it for uh, resource reasons. Wow. Um, Yeah, it 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 couldn't run on uh, when it was done. I mean, it's it's very similar to um, uh, it. You know, it was made in the same uh, general time frame as the. Galante Research Facility, and, and as you know, people had, had a lot of performance issues with that one, and uh, this is, I think they probably used very similar um, specifications when designing this one. So with that said, since they've obviously made some improvements to allow them to put that on the system, can we expect uh, some uh, improvements to the, the latency issues people have been seeing in the Galante Research Facility? Um, it, it should be. from I mean, there's there's no way to really say ahead of time of seeing it on the client. To say how much better it will be, but uh, it should hopefully be uh, a noticeable improvement. But it, it's the it's the same related issue as was what I'm getting at. Is that is that what you you're tracking? Um, being being frame rate, yeah. Okay, cool, cool. Uh, looks like they're adding uh, a couple medium socks as well. Uh, the power core. Uh, I won't get into the description here. There's some cool pictures in the devlog. You really should check it out. It looks pretty cool. But there's a power core and the barracks, and it looks like those are going to be uh, linked to the Kelly production facility large sockets. You'll be seeing those and on the, the new maps as well. Yeah, it, I, I'm not sure whether or not those will show up sometimes with some of the other, or because I think we haven't the we we do have another Kaldari large socket already, which is the um, the orbital artillery rings map thing, whatever. Whatever. Prefer no, calling. the, the um, biomass and the biomass facility. Yep. Yes. Um, yes, Lether. Introduce yourself, Lether, before we continue. Yeah, yeah. Hey guys, I'm Lether. I'm an officer in Mullen Lob, and I used to be the PC coordinator for Rise of Legion. And uh, according to Jay. Uh, an adequate description is that I'm uh, he, he got my weight a little bit wrong. I'm about 110 pounds of rage and pure bitterness strung together. So you blow um, away the strong breeze. <laughs> but go ahead, Zell. Okay, but so the idea is that the socket sets are are designed to match a specific race, and so you'll notice that once the Galante research facility was launched, they put other you know the the other Galante socket got the same medium and small sockets as the research facility got. So. Um, Kaldari st- sockets with Kaldari cities and, and such. Is the uh, cool. is the orbital cannon actually Kaldari? I guess it's not Amar, huh? It's there, Kaldari. There's no, there's no Amar sockets. Yeah, I mean, I guess gold would probably ruin it. I'm sorry, I just get this image of like a gold-plated outpost in like my PS3, like with smoke coming out of it, That's... like like being as shiny as uh, as the new Quave suits, but gold. It can't yeah. handle the face. The, the whole socket just shining like that would be awesome. Going blind from the glare off the sun alone. You'd, <laughs> almost, wish that the, uh, you'd almost wish that the orbital uh, cannon was Minmatar because usually they're color-coded, right? And it's it it's actually color-coded for Minmatar, but I, if it's Kaldari, I believe you guys. So, so for the you Minmatar, think? it's going to be a giant heap. Uh, it's going to be a big catapult shooting garbage up into the sky. Yeah, it's like a ballista, a big crossbow, just fires a giant okay. rod. They, I mean, they still have, uh, as far as I know, that oh, is that cargo hub still in like 
in production. They released screens a long time back for it. Didn't it, the well, it is a... not in the it's not in the same state as the Caldaria Lab um, production facility was. It is quite a bit away from being done. Okay. If they ever work on it. <clears throat> yeah, if that ever comes out, I mean that looks excellent. It looks like ambush hell to me for any vehicle trying to drive through that place. That's good though. I think uh, I mean I'm a vehicle pilot myself, but I think a lot of the maps are a little too friendly for a lot of vehicles. So like when the Galenti production facility came out, that was pretty cool because it actually gave infantry a safe haven that they could actually get away and, and deal with vehicles if they were brave enough to come into the complex. So, you know, I'd like to see more more of that sort of thing in, in the map. So I'm actually really eager to see the uh, the Kelly production facility because it, it does imply that it's a lot of close quarters from the sounds of it. It's a little bit scary because uh, all of our we'll have to remap a lot of the the PC districts, I guess, when I think about it, because they added new medium sockets. Uh, usually the the medium sockets don't change on the maps, even though you can change the uh, the large sockets on those districts by changing the infrastructure type. Of course, the production facility is actually something that will change, um, like the Surface Research Lab did. And a bunch of medium sockets got got frazzled um, when they did that. So that kind of sucks. Sorry, a bit tangential. Well, do you think it's going to change the large sockets for, for those installations? Yeah, absolutely. Um, it did with the research lab, and it it fits in with the lore, right? I mean, right now we're using the uh, the biomass socket, which made a bit more sense than the uh, than the old communications did for the surface research lab, and of course the orbital uh, bombardment f- uh, large socket goes in for the uh, cargo hub, which makes absolutely no goddamn sense. Um, but but yeah, they'll definitely replace it. Uh, well, I say that. They, they replaced it the last time, and when they did replace it, it also replaced a bunch of medium sockets on, on other maps. Well, that'll at least make things a little interesting and, and change things up and make it a little stale for those who like to keep their, their surface infrastructure the same. Oh, well, it invalidates parts of the, there's you know, so the few, databases we maintain. So. There's so few people using um, the production facility in PC, though. Uh, nobody, nobody uses anything except cargo hubs anyway. So oh, probably doesn't. So nobody will notice that things have changed. That's true. There, there will be like three people. We were like, I remember one of our PC districts. We had the research facility, and we were like one of like three districts on the entire map that had the new socket. Yeah, that was. But I mean, that map always. That map was a hell of a map to fight on. <laughs> you mean you're talking about lag? Yeah, that was a terrible. It was, I mean, like it wasn't. It was an interesting fight. It was like the old fights where you would lag out bad, but also some of the matches wouldn't get a fucking tad bit of lag. Wouldn't even notice it. It was, I mean, it was really variable from my experience. That is. Well, hopefully, we'll see some improvements with the the recent changes they've made with optimization, optimizing the system. So, I'm I'm looking forward to that because I know it's been a big issue with a lot of the lag and frame rate issues in some of those maps. I, I do have one question. Um, can any of the CPM like say who the magic dev is that was able to correct that memory budget issue? No. I wish Did I, I wish he had a spotlight. <laughs> I wish Damn. I wish everybody yeah, could give I want to know or cake or something. So let me ask. I, I confirmed if I, you know I, I will if I can find out if I can meet him when I, <laughs> during the summit. I'm gonna buy him a beer. Oh, can I ask you guys? Like, are you sure that this consults this precise issue and resolves this precise issue? 
fully because traditionally we've always had optimizations with almost every client patch like and they always put optimized something i'm not willing to i'm not willing to put my word behind it until i see it in the client okay so that (laughs) but so then my general impression is it will improve a little it will improve a little bit but i don't heard very good things i just don't know how good they will turn out in production yeah yeah because you remember uprising like uprising 1.0 every all the devs were like running around with their hair on fire and they couldn't figure out what was wrong for a long time because it's like when we run our dev builds it, it runs fine i'm not sure how true that was but... heck it ran fine at FanFest. that was the sad thing right yeah i did my own optimization it's called an ssd <laughs> anymore that's where it's <sighs> you can't see it but i'm fucking you off <laughs> I was like, I'm not doing it. There's no reason to. And they're like, yay, 1.9. I'm like, gosh, shit. Fine. I might have to do it now. So <laughs> that'll uh, that'll be good. But Bye, yeah. It's handy for other things. games is the thing. I mean, I that is that if is I was on my PS3 more. Speaking of optimizations, yeah. I've heard good things about if you have had the client installed for a long time, I've heard some rumors that deleting and reinstalling the uh, the client also helps I, c- I can only guess that i've heard I've, that yeah i can only apparently it's like double the size if you haven't reinstalled it uh in terms of space it's like five gigabytes compared to 2.5 or something i can't imagine what they fucked up other than not cleaning up some part of their assets consistently like yeah i mean that would be things. my guess is that it's it's not these are ccp everything um but i don't know they don't check those sort of things. That's that's irrelevant and not important. I only, I mean, you know, I only play one, you know, one game on my PS3. So if it wants to take up fifty gigs, I don't really care. But you know, if it's, I don't know if it has a much of a performance difference or not. It might. Yeah, it, my PS3 has a sign on that says "Dust Box" because that's all I really use it for. It's collecting dust, but that's all I play on it now. But since the the PS4 is awesome. Which is why I hope we get a port eventually. But regardless, um, let's move on to loyalty ranks. This is actually kind of unexpected. It's something it's I thought was kind of cool. It reminded me a bit of uh, the badass ranks from Borderlands too. But basically, uh, from my understanding, how it works is that uh, it's based off of the number of matches you've played in your lifetime and, and some other factors, and it, you rank up. And each rank offers additional perks. And in the screenshot here, it looks like they've got like a plus two uh, additional skill point rewards per battle. Uh, additional ISK rewards per battle, um, additional daily skill point bonus, additional loyalty point bonus per battle, and the bonus to the vendor sell price when selling assets. And it looks like it's it's fairly small perk ranks. I mean, this one's showing rank five. Uh, it's it's two percent for the SP and five percent for the ISK rewards. So I mean, that those may not be final numbers, but it looks like pretty small bonuses per level. But it is a, a nice way to reward people who've been around for a while. That isn't necessarily a direct buff to their effectiveness in combat but still gives them a little extra you know sp and it is to play with so i mean what are you, what are you guys' thoughts on that i think this is a pretty cool system i, I wasn't expecting it and I'm, I'm glad that they kind of put something like this in there yeah i, I was not expecting anything on this scope in a, in a patch it, it's very much a, a feature in its own i think and and uh i think it's going to be cool for particularly for for giving people a a progression line yeah, the whole idea of achievements is really nice too. And it's going to be interesting to see how it works because they are retroactive. So like come Tuesday we're going to see where we're all at. I got a pretty good guess it's going to be all max rank on uh, day 1. So so is there a max rank? I mean, I know they they talk about a max uh max bonus, but I'm not sure if you approach that bonus or actually meet it. 
Um, there is should, there is a max bonus. Meet it. It it should just outright be they're a top level. Now, do you guys know if that's something that people who have been around since you know Uprising One Point will already be at, or is that something that you have to pretty much know life to get to? We don't know the grinding grinding amount, but also there are other ways to bring it up, such as um, supporting the game by buying arm. I'm um, not trying to sell the game here, but it basically allows uh, players to actually spend money on this game to rank up faster too. So we're uh, we're theorizing Denny's going to be max rank, right? <laughs> Denny yeah. and probably Zatara. <laughs> yeah, Z- Zatara and Denny for different reasons. Yeah, just the size of that post. Denny Zatara made. might might be <laughs> yeah, there because yeah. of this playtime alone. Made that post, and now I can make jokes about it. So you know. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, I thought everybody was kind of grossly aware of. Uh, Anyway, I I actually don't know that I love the bonuses, um, the ISK bonuses, especially the SP, especially considering all the other SP changes. It doesn't I mean, really matter. But yeah. the ISK bonuses, I don't I don't like giving the people who are most likely to run, you know, proto and pub matches against people who don't have the money or SP to have it, having more ISK to do that with than the uh, other people. I don't like that, but I... Fair point. Quick, quick question. Um, regarding the ISK, will that apply to PC battle um, payoffs? No, uh, from what I recall. Okay. Oh, Jesus, that was close. That was good. Yeah, that would uh, <laughs> that, that can get kind of crazy. Well, the numbers I don't are really... Think it cha- yeah, I don't think it changes the biomass payout. Yeah, it, the, the problem being that if they... If they wonk with those too much, how close are we running? Do you know, Killer? I can't remember offhand. It, if they up the biomass payout, yeah. then sometimes you can have locking come back. <laughs> so. Yeah, I mean, we're it's it's not super close, but I mean, you can it wouldn't be too hard. I mean, locking isn't that unprofitable. It's still unprofitable, but it's just not a huge margin. Right. So, but but I mean, we're talking maybe five some odd person it probably won't hopefully they've thought that through so yeah i think it's a matter of degree i mean if if people if like the max isk payout bonus is like five percent or ten percent i don't think it's gonna be that much of an issue now if it gets really crazy i can see that kind of being a problem like you say where those who have been around forever making an obscene amount extra isk so i mean it's kind of a matter of degree and how fast the progression goes because i mean if, if most of the bonuses in the early levels and it's like a non-linear uh, progression that, that you know, I, I'm not too worried about because most people will hit those mid-range ranks pretty early and it won't be an issue. But we'll see. I mean, like I said, the numbers they're showing are probably not final. You know, we, we don't know. So we'll, we'll see what it turns out to be and how easy it is to actually rank up in the system. Yeah. I am a little surprised that, that selling Aurum raises your level. I'm surprised people actually aren't more pissed off about that because in that regard, you are paying ISK to me or paying money to get Aurum to get more SP, more stuff like that. And that kind of borderlines the, the pay to win. It's a matter of degree, but I'm surprised people actually aren't you know, about So that. you mean this whole patch? <laughs> there's, a, there's a discussion about, you know, people have said pay to win about this feature or that feature, several of them in fact. But, you know, the, the reality is, is pay to win is if you can get something that is superior to everything else via money that you cannot get with ISK. It doesn't involve, there's no thing about the amount of something you get that equals pay to win. Uh, 
you define these things in the most convenient way for CCP to make the patches that are upcoming. No, I'm not I, a mean, big, I mean, we're going to get to the agent thing. I'm not a big fan of the agent thing. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, that's that's the same, same basic, you know, uh, supposed issue. But the reality is, the idea is, is that it's supposed to get you things faster. Which, again, you could farm out the ISK, you could farm out the SP, you could farm out, you know, whatever you need. It's very important in the design that it is not more powerful on the battlefield. But it, that doesn't mean it, it shouldn't or can't be more profitable. I, I can respect that, but it, it shifts the, the in-game experience towards a different mixture of gear level. Okay, like it, saying that it's faster. Yeah, it's faster it, to to get your instead of saving to get your you know be, best suits in enough quantity to run them. Uh, you're saving for less time, I guess, is the way you might phrase it. But that means that there will be more people wearing those suits more often in, in matches where they will probably dominate anybody in a frontline suit. Uh, it it's not that. We, we can equivocate on the, the definition of, of pay-to-win. Either way, I'm not happy with what it does to the in-game environment. <laughs> I think it's a matter of degree. Because, I mean, in a, in a free-to-play game, there has to be a certain level of dissatisfaction with not paying, so you're encouraged to actually buy something. Otherwise, no one would buy anything. That being said, you also have to make it so you don't feel like it is you know, necessary to buy something to actually remain competitive. Even if it's not like an in-game, you know, advantage, being able to, to generate ISK or SP at a significantly higher rate, it's going to make people feel like, oh, well, I'm not paying Orem, so these guys are getting, you know, three times the experience I am, I can't keep up. And I mean, for people like us who have a, a ton of money and a ton of SP, it's not as big of a deal, but for a new player coming in, I do have some real concerns of them looking at some of these numbers we're seeing in the 1.9 patch and saying, well, I, I have to pay Orem now if I want to you know, stay competitive. Even if it's the same gear you can get, even if it's just, oh, you can do it faster. If you're doing it so fast that you get, you feel like you're being left in the dust, that, no pun intended, um, that you know, that that is a problem. So I, I do have my concerns about some of these numbers we're looking at. I think it was Kane that figured out you could, uh, if you could stack your triple boosters, uh, you could, and I think it was like you had to invest about five grand into the game. You could essentially beat dust in 82 weeks. Yeah, it was like a year and a half or something like that. Oh, is this wow. with Omega boosters? <laughs> well, yeah, you, you, you can triple stack them now with 1.8, or 1.9 rather. And I mean, that's that's a whole nother uh, we'll, we'll get to the that. discussion, right? So <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll get to that. I, I have some issues with that as well, so we'll we'll get there. But yeah, like I said, I'm I'm, I'm curious in seeing what the uh, what those bonuses will actually be and how fast you can progress because I, I don't want it to get out of hand. I, I know I, I cited Borderlands Two with the badass ranks, which was basically you you're constantly gaining badass ranks, which gave you very very small bonuses to stats that you know you would you would stack up over a long period of time. They weren't substantial over a long period but you still felt like you're actually gaining something which is is cool like, but again those were very small bonuses so we'll we'll see where they land with this i don't want to get too out of hand but it, it is nice that they're rewarding people for for sticking around and, and supporting the game uh you know and, and, and see where that goes um next thing is it looks like we have two new moods for the maps which look like weather conditions do you guys want to elaborate on that a bit yeah moods are moods are basically um 
for all intents and purposes, generally the skybox and, um, you know, the, the texture of the terrain on the ground. Um, and we've definitely had, I think, more in the past than we had um, have had more recently, probably in some cases due to performance issues. But, um, it, you know, it's it's just it's one of the ways they try and make landscapes look a bit more varied where it's it's the same map, but it, it's, you know, you might have. In, in one battle, it's like a very um, very dry, barren look, and sometimes maybe it, it's a grassy, you know, bright outlook sort of sort of area. And so this is just, just two more designs that they've got. There's grass yeah. and dust? We have well, some maps. fuzzy well, moss I mean, on the ground. Like, <laughs> it's like that there's green, that, that the texture on the ground is green. Well, that's, no, they, have, they actually do have little things of grass every so often. You, can get you just have to be within it. 30 meters to actually see it, otherwise it wow. pops out of the ground when you drive Yeah, by. wasn't that like a major point uh, on one of these client-side patches, like Uprising 1 points, like 2 or 3? I seem like to right. remember. But Legion has burning trees, and we don't have burning trees. Oh, I don't care about burning trees. <laughs> <laughs> a burning tree? Well, it talked to me and called itself Project Legion? <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm oh my god. Well, on the point of Project Legion, it's kind of interesting to see those assets now used. I mean, looking at Stormy Mood, um, you could see that was used during FanFest. Yes, it was, and I was rather surprised it was being brought in. And I know they had some discussion of lighting effects. There was a blog that went around, correct? But of course, that was for Legion. That's Yeah, that's definitely a higher tech on Legion, on basically a particle and projection of lights. Yeah, that was, that was an interesting... In fact, that was a FanFest presentation, wasn't it? Yes, it was. Yeah. And that's the last we ever heard of it. But anyways, <laughs> um, yeah, I, I do miss a lot of the old atmospheric effects we used to have in DOS. I remember, shit, was it, maybe it might have been back in the beta, actually. There was actually a sandstorm weather effect where there was actually dust blowing around and visibility was a lot lower, but it got scrapped for performance issues. But Or uh, Modest Peak used to have lightning strikes, didn't it? Very thick fog and lightning strikes. Man, I, I, you know, I forget that those things were around and people bring them up. And I, I reminisce and I'm, it's like, shit, you know, I, I wish they could have actually figured out a way to, to keep that sort of thing in there. Because that actually was really awesome. I remember going into Modest Peak, which is not my favorite map. But back in the day, coming in and seeing the fog and the lightning, I was like, holy crap, this is a cool looking map. Like this, I feel like I'm in this dusty, foggy space, you know, sci-fi planet. It really helped that immersion and we lost that unfortunately for performance and it just kind of you know it, i'm a little bitter about it just because i i really like the aesthetics and we lost a lot of that i think in exchange for arguably better slash worse mechanics but regardless it's good to see them bringing in some new moods and, and trying to kind of change up the look of it the screenshots they have on the, the devlog are actually really good looking I, I wonder if it'll actually look that good in the client itself you mean half as good right i mean it is a screenshot yeah yeah one interesting bit is on the in the toxic mood picture here. It almost looks like an like an Amarian structure out in the, in the distance. I mean, are you guys yeah, looking at it, that? Yeah, it's definitely Amarian. That, that's interesting. So, are these moods that were pre-existing as well, like the production facility map? Uh, we have no idea on these. Okay, because I mean, I, I was I was kind of thinking about it, and I was wondering, you know, they put a lot more into you know, 1.9 than I was expecting, like the, uh, well, we'll get to that in a second, but the, 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 the market agent that you can purchase for your room is apparently uh, a hologram. And I'm surprised they actually put the time into modeling a hologram because I, I don't think they probably had that to begin with. And I'm curious, 
are these Legion assets they're potentially bringing to Dust or stuff that they're producing for Dust and they're going to port to Legion? I, I'm just surprised that they actually took the time to to make something besides just, you know, optimize and patch stuff in that they had already. So, you know, it, it's interesting. I mean, I'm, I don't want tinfoil too much, but seeing that Amar structure in the distance is, is uh, intriguing. I'm sure True Adamance on the forums is probably wringing his hands and looking at it. The biggest surprise to me on, on the market agent being appearing in quarters is that, you know, um, I, I think people people probably know Incarnate is kind of my kicking pony that I, I think CCP should be working on. And since, like, Incarna 1.1, this is the first time that um, you're going to be able to actually... Uh, it's the first real iteration to, you know, your, your quarters of sorts. Um and the first time that anyone can buy something or get something that appears in their quarters. Because that, that, yeah, that's caps. something that you can't do. So, like, are they also fixing some of the lighting issues? Because, for oh. instance, in the Kaldari quarters, something some of you might have noticed, the steps that lead up to the, the upper platform in the Kaldari quarters, if you approach those from the correct angle... The, their entire geometry actually, I, I say their entire geometry, their surface geometry changes to the tune of like bright, jagged colors that are of the same type as the rest of the room, but That's they're different. Yeah, like, so when I hear about like this new hologram thing, I'm like, oh god, like, what's, oh god. Yeah, I, I, and just cool. so everyone knows, cool. lighting effects like. are a feature. <laughs> it's not cool at all. It's it's very, <laughs> it, it drives me absolutely batshit. Obviously, by my description, like well, it looks really good bad. in a bat suit. Bat. Driving leader batshit. It's a feature. <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead, Jack. You're saying something. Yeah, the uh, the lighting effects look particularly nice in a quave suit. It makes everything reflect purple in the room or, or pink, depending on which type you're using. But uh, yeah, so since we're on the topic of the market agent, that's actually the next thing. So it looks like um, they are adding the ability to sell assets to an NPC vendor. And it looks like the base sell price will be 20% of its market value. That's uh, that, that can be leveled up through your loyalty ranks up to 35%. And then you can purchase this uh, NPC agent, which, if you want to dig into the lore, basically haggles a better price on the market for your shit, and that will add an additional 15%. So with the agent and max loyalty bonus, you can sell your stuff for 50% of the market value. And obviously, if you don't have max rank, you, you can do that in any any order. It's not that you have to have to be up to 35 and then buy the agent or vice versa. Yeah, and I'm, I'm told that the by Ratati that the market agent is female, it's a hologram, and it's awesome. So we'll we'll be seeing what that looks like come Tuesday. I think a lot of people are probably pretty excited about that. The threads for that were hilarious. <laughs> I, I, I seriously, that, that thread was, um, the thread in question was like, um, it, is, it, is it a chicken? Is she hot? And, and the title of the question was, um, it was something like answering the important questions first or something. And I'm like, okay, I put it in in the channel that that you know I have to uh, talk to Ratati. I'm like, okay, this question needs your answer. <laughs> I didn't actually think he was going to answer it, yeah, but I was, so, it was pretty funny. So let me open the 
the floor with the what I said earlier. I don't oh, like God. this change either. I don't like the idea. Fifteen percent is pretty substantial. I don't like the idea of your ability to gain in-game resources being pinned on on paying CCP uh, money directly like this. I think it's a uh, if you don't want to call it pay to win under a definition that that says that you can't get anything more powerful it it certainly encourages increased access to isk which i always saw as the in game currency right it's whoa, the currency whoa. you can get in game at the same rate as everyone else and then orum was the the transaction currency well it's kind of blurs the line the counterpoint is, though, is that almost everything that you can buy with ISK, short of, like, clone packs for PC, is equally able to be purchased for Aurum. So, to some degree, it's not like... It, it just changes the dynamic of spending money... You know, people who spend money um, on the game getting slightly more to work with. I, you know, they could just buy all those weapons Well, This is the thing, like, it's permanent, so it's like, it's a, it's a gimp, right? Either you pay and you're not gimped, or you don't pay and you are. And that is, is different than, say, the, the previous Orum stuff, where you could buy those, those items, they were kind of, they still are kind of expensive, uh, when you start totaling up the real life value, you know, it's like a, a couple pennies to die, right? Um, and the thing is, they were consumed, right? Eventually, even if you bought a lot of stuff, which I thought was, you know, pretty good for their market dynamic. Um, but I don't think it's a, actually a huge amount of ISK because you talk, you know, it is fifteen percent, but it's fifteen percent of salvage that you sell back. It's not, it's not payout. But but still, I mean that's fifteen percent of salvage, and assuming that they keep the rates the same, that might be a little bit tame. But if they're looking at increasing them to be commensurate with the fact that you actually, you know, make some money off salvage, and, and certainly there are a lot of people who have stockpiled shit, like I have, you know, who if they wanted to sell it and don't want to pay the price, they certainly won't be getting anywhere near as much of a nest egg. It certainly ripples out across that entire stockpile. Um, Lether, you also have the uh, officer weapon event coming up at the end of the uh, November, so probably see an increase in uh, purchasing that market agent around that time. I I, I would hope officer people weapons. hang on to their officer weapons. That you shouldn't shouldn't vendor those. I mean, yeah, I the highest skill requirements sort of though does so. Yeah, but I mean, um, you know. It's it, it's one of those things that I would I would love to to find something better to do with uh, your officer weapons than uh, than vendor. Would love to trade them for ones I can use. That'd be great, or you know, that'd be actually kind of an interesting uh, system where you could actually trade in officer weapons at an exchange rate for another type that you would like, rather than just breaking them down into ISK. That would be nice. They had yeah. talked about the uh, BPO exchange too. That's just between your own accounts yeah we'll get that that into us into a, bleh, sorry I'll we'll get, get to that ahead, in a second <laughs> but yeah so, i, I kind of see that the market agent as being similar in line to what boosters are where like lether said i mean i consider sp and in-game resource as well and, and boosters are a way to get it faster and there's no way to actually get that otherwise you have to you know buy that with Orum and 
I think in that regard, that's the closest the game gets to pay to win. So I think this is kind of along a similar branch that, you know, you, you have to buy this if you want to get that accelerated rate. But Zelda's raised a good point that, you know, it's, it is salvaging except for maybe in PC, the amount that you're getting is very small. It's more of a, you know, you can clean out your, your inventory. I mean, for me, I don't really care about the S guys. I want to get rid of all the, the red crap in my inventory, but I'm curious to see if this actually causes a significant influx and if that 15% actually really matters. Uh, you know, it, we'll, we'll see. Again, it's, we don't have any concrete details on, on how that's going to work. So I'd, I'd like well, to see the, the price point on it specifically. And, and how I, much I, I, you bring up a good point about PC that I hadn't considered. Uh, of course, you know, PC is in a state, but if they ever want to rely on salvage as a potential income stream in the future, the, the actual man-to-man uh, income rate, especially from from losses and wins doesn't really matter is is crucially important you know for my experience in pc when people start running low on isk which can happen or used to happen uh, that was a big deal so 15 percent you know for for one or two or however many people on your team want to buy that that can be a pretty big deal uh for morale even so that's kind of shitty because like, actually... that's an actual resource war, you know, like that suddenly if you if enough of your people have paid in for the extra 15%, if it's a substantial part of your your offset costs, that can be significant. You should actually start taking a, a poll of what the average salvage drop is for the average person in the PC match and, and calc it out to figure out, you know, what the... The base amount is a twenty percent, a thirty percent, then how much you would actually make per per PC match with the agent, and I, I would be really curious to see. Try and get some actual actual yeah. values on that, because I mean, I, if it if it is significant, that that is something to look at, like you said, because that that can cause a big difference. I mean, fifteen percent is not a small amount, and salvage is very plentiful in in PC. It's much more than than your average uh, pub match. So I, I'd be curious to see what that actually comes out to. Right, There's and I mean, also the faction warfare factor as well, since they're based on player dropping salvage. That's true. true. It's and, not and to the extent of PC, though. Like no, but certain... it's, it's still. Yeah, for sure. sure. What's interesting is that the, the ISK values, I, I would love to see the data, and I would also argue that there are breakpoint uh, values for morale. I, big wars that, that grind on to the end of people's ISK reserves haven't happened for a long time, right? But when they did just not having to play that extra match or not having to, uh, you know, worry about your ISK or or ask for some from the corp, which sometimes was something that people were able to provide, that can have a big morale uh, impact, even if it, you know, materially, if you put it all into, say, like a pot compared to the amount that a corp used to be making, for instance, um, it might be trivial, but... Something like that, I think, with uh, agent and PC. I think one corp will not necessarily have an advantage. I mean, having that agent is more of an individual's thing rather than a collective. I mean, you're not going to have one corp where a bunch of people have agents and another corp where people don't have agents. might have some players who do, some players who don't. It's just going to be... In effect, that's more of a specific a player on player thing. And honestly, I don't think that the 
I don't think that unless the agents are like maybe 20,000 orum, I don't think that they're going to sell super well, but that's just me. I mean, it's an interesting point. What I would hate from the history of PC when things come up, there there have been orum pressures, you know, when, when uh, Flaylocks were really overpowered. Now there was a, an SP event right before that happened. And a respec, I think, a little bit before the SP event. <laughs> but, um, yeah. <laughs> uh, but uh, there were still a few people, I remember, who, who hadn't gotten to prototype Flaylock. I, I'm one of them. I, I have a few Aurum uh, Flaylock pistols left in my inventory. Uh, because they were so grossly overpowered, it was like you had to have them. I'm not sure whether this agent would turn out to be one of these things that you felt like you'd have to have. If it did, that would suck. And that's the point to make, like, to be competitive. Like, Yeah, and I, I don't think that it should be that strong of, of an effect. But, I mean, the reality is, is a, a game has to, for a game to work in, in free-to-play, it has to be very appealing to have to spend money. If you're if you're heavily playing the game, I guess one thing that I'm kind of curious about is like how the value of Dust Isk is going to pan out after this. I mean, I've been talking a little bit with Victor and Kane. I mean, he did his his escrow services, and then people do Isk to or Dust Eve transfers as well. Well, I mean, with that sort of thing, I mean, people like Jen from uh, in that they'll. I mean, if you want to make ISK from money, you can make it a lot easier if you just go and have an EVE character, especially with the Phoebe changes where you can just transfer money from a trial account, which means that you can just get a trial, sell a Plex, say, hey, Kane, Jin, does Fiddle do it still? Uh, if he did, I don't even think he plays still. Hopefully sell but, too with a buddy but program. I mean, if, yeah. I don't. You don't even need the buddy program. All you'd need would be a fourteen day to fucking do that. You can sell a plex on a trial, correct? Even oh right. Not, I always I always get confused about this, but CCP yeah. has this figured out. You can subscribe and then get a plex, but it costs twenty bucks to subscribe yes. rather than fifteen. Yeah. Fuck me. Go ahead. I mean, hell, you can just sell a fucking plex and then transfer rates. Why you'll be down to? Ah, uh, fuck. I'm gonna have to do in my head twenty million. I think. I mean, 200, not 20 million, 200 million, which I mean, that's, that's good money to have. That's four PC attack, four clone attacks in PC, which but, is, I mean, that's a big amount of, that allows a corp to go and get into PC for a relatively low amount of cost. Well, you should be able to get it from someone, admittedly, but as long as you have enough to put some clones down on it, as long as you have a team. Yeah, this is kind of important. Yeah, that's public service announcement. Yeah, public service yeah. announcement. If you have a team and you have enough money to put down a clone back, you can probably find someone to give you a tester. Yeah, true. Uh, you guys and yeah, you guys give away districts, correct? Yeah, we do. Uh, I mean, I I'm not personally responsible for that, so I can't speak to whatever but anybody's in, doing at a time. But but generality. But in, yes, I mean, generally we have been known to give away. Districts. Yeah. Moving on. Yeah, I think we'll see a, a, a pretty steep spike in in terms of inflation for, for ISK initially because you're going to have a lot of the vets selling off. 
you know, I, I know I have a, a crap load of stuff that I, I do not want. I just want to get rid of it. So, I mean, I'll, I'll probably be purging all of that. So, I, you know, we're going to see a big spike in, in wallets, I think, at first. But it's going to probably level out, which is why I'm curious to find out what those numbers are on, on what people can expect to make in terms of salvage per match, if, if it's substantial or not. But I don't think, since they aren't, from my understanding, changing the ISK payouts per battle, they're just adding this feature to sell salvage that the average amount of ISK production in the game is not going to really go up all that much. Um, aside from whatever salvage they don't use, and a lot of people, I think, do use quite a bit, especially if they're older characters and they have more stuff trained, they, they're probably more likely to actually use their salvage instead of sell it. So, I mean, at that exchange rate, you'd have 50%. If you, there's a chance you're going to use it, you're probably going to hang on to it. So, you know, it, it's more for the the middle the middle age characters, I think, that, that have a stuff they haven't trained yet or they aren't going to train for a long time that are going to be purging a lot of that extra stuff they have. So we'll, we'll see. I, I don't think it's going to cause too much of a, a market issue in the long run. I think initially it's going to cause some inflation, but we don't really have a market, so it doesn't matter. So I, I'm not too concerned about it. Is there any word from uh, Rotati or Rouge about um, getting in a, not necessarily a player market, but a market that would adjust to player purchases and sale? Last time I asked about it, there was a very strict no on the idea because it probably involves way too much more work than he's willing to put into it, and he'd rather put work somewhere else. That's understandable, yeah. Yeah, that's as, as cool as that is, and I, I've I've loved playing with the idea because I think it's it's a pretty awesome way to handle it without an actual player market. But like like Iron Wolf said, that that is a lot of work to get that working and balanced properly, and I'm sure there's tons of of you know server side coding that has to be done to actually make that happen so you know it, 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 it's neat to talk about but it, it probably isn't too realistic for any time in the near future just because there's lots of other stuff that we can allocate resources towards that is probably you know more relative value um but yeah just one more note on on the, the npc you can sell uh orum items they will sell for basically their equivalent in isk uh so if you're selling like a proto galente assault suit it will sell for whatever your exchange rate is of the ISK version of that. So there's no way to, to make any additional money off of, uh, you know, selling Orum. It's, it's worth just as much as the ISK version is. And it looks like you can sell BPOs. I'm not sure yep. why you would, but... That would be a mistake. <laughs> yeah, that, that would be... <laughs> that, so seems, we, we, that seems like really... I hope that... I, I wish I could ask that they have a warning button for that like yes exactly that seems like it would be really unfortunate of course you could always file a ticket but of course there are fewer support people than there used to be for that sort of thing and certainly they've actually retracted some languages for support tickets so that's not good if they don't have a warning window i'm kind of curious if you can sell your starter suits um, i think there's zero value <laughs> so i guess you could isk yeah, just, just be careful when you uh, when you're selling up all your assets. Not mash X too hard because you don't want to solve something that's you know actually worth some money. But uh, on the topic of BPOs, it looks like they're starting a service where you can file a ticket. It looks like you can transfer a BPO from one character to another, but only on the same account. Do I have that right? Yeah. Were they were they starting the service or just discussing the possibility of it? And discussing it. Uh, another well, question. Just, it'll be done um, manually at first, but they want to make it be automated eventually. From the looks of it, it depends on how popular the service is. Now, can and that would just be on one account, correct? That wouldn't be across accounts. 
Right, which is, you know, it's one of those things that, uh, you know, I don't know how effective that is because who uses multiple characters on the same account? Exactly. Um, I mean, and this is just a thought, and this is going back to selling of stuff. If you could sell all the stuff off on your starter character, how much would you get? Probably less than the 500k they used to give you. Okay. See, that's the other thing. If you want to go and make sure that no one's going and farming that off, because you would get what? 20% I mean, you of would, a bunch of malicious stuff. It's not worth anything. True. You'd be getting like, you know, 50 yeah. isk a piece. It's, it's nothing substantial. Yeah, well, true. I mean, you say that, but people were still going through it was 250k. Sorry. Yeah. Farming the 250k. And I mean, it would add. A certain amount of logistical just, grind to sell everything, so it might add another thirty seconds, forty seconds to every uh, but I mean, every character, which is kind of substantial when you're looking at the number yeah. of characters. But but I mean, if you've um, and this goes back to a little bit of personal experience, I've I mean I've ran trial accounts, not trial accounts. Um, ah, fuck, what is it? Newer player accounts, just to see. Oh, why not just run this in the file? see what a fucking triple rep Madruger does in the academy um, and watch all sorts of horrible things as well as when you go and give everyone a team triple rep blaster Madrugers back when they were really strong uh, but I mean hell I could go and make five, ten, five six alts and just make the S guy going through all of them and I could have that character pretty well set up. So, I mean, I mean, I don't know. Eh, never mind. <laughs> All right. Fair enough. Yeah, I mean, the, the biggest concern is just that people do what they were doing when it was at 250k, which is just making a ton of extra characters and then cycling them. So That's probably worth looking into, just make a new account, take a look what they actually give you and and just see what it would actually come out to be. I mean, if it's nothing substantial, I'm, I'm not too worried about it. I, I don't predict it'll actually get any, anywhere close to the original amount they had. So, I mean, yes, you could, I guess, farm characters, but to a point, is it is it really worth it? You could do a match the amount of time it takes to, to get that isk and make more. So, you know, we'll, we'll see. It's, it's definitely worth looking into, though. Well, I mean, there's an economy of scale, right? Well, I say that. It's probably not the right application of that term. But, like, if you have enough enough characters running in this correct time windows if it's enough you can s sort of subsidize by doing the shit ton of characters right but so so the comparison to one match doesn't necessarily hold up on a per character basis but yeah if it's really small then the actual logistical legwork it becomes a lot of work for little payout but we should move on because this is a real boring math bullshit yeah <laughs> so uh one quick thing, they're adding uh, just kind of a quality of life uh, change. Uh, when you're in your Merc Quarters, you can just, uh, I guess, hold Square down to go directly to your, your Battle Finder or hold Triumph to go directly to the uh, the Marketplace. That's kind of cool. You can kind of uh, bypass the video come and save yourself a couple bu uh, button presses. So that's that's just a, a quality of life, kind of a nice thing to have. Um, so the skill, skill points, that's a, a pretty hefty change. So the first thing they did is it looks like uh, they made it so your... Uh, SP gain per war point gain has been doubled. So for those of you who don't know, originally uh, you gained, what, 5 SP for every second you spent in battle, and then you gained 1 uh, one, war one SP for every war point you scored, right? 
I don't have the exact formula anymore. <laughs> okay, I, I, I could don't quote me on that, but I believe it was it was five SP for every second in battle. So the majority of your your SP actually came from just being in the battle, and and then a smaller portion came from actually gaining war points. So they're they're doubling that war point gain. They aren't touching the the SP per second though. So you'll expect to get I me. Mean, what is that? Well, it's like a sixth to a seventh, you know, uh, extra SPs. That that'll help a bit. Um, now, a big thing which I kind of have an issue with is they are making it so you can triple stack boosters. So you can have three boosters running at the same time for active and passive. So you can actually get some pretty insane boosting going on. I, I kind of do have an issue with this. I think it goes uh, a bit crazy. Like 50% was reasonable. The Dude, Omega uh, at 100% was was pushing it. Now you can track you can stack triple omegas. That's that's kind of nuts. I mean, do uh, they multiply or do they add when you're stacking beforehand? Uh before I go and start I th- asking. I think it's a plus 100%, so it's not a times 2. Okay, so I guess I mean, with 3 you'd have times 4 SP. I mean, omega boosters aren't if you're stacking them like during an event, sure, why not? I'll bite on there, but it's not a big deal if you're just stacking them in normal every day. You're, I mean, how much is a damn Omega booster? Uh, uh, thirty bucks almost for a month. Uh, I mean, if you're talking about the thirty, uh, the three day ones are yeah. kind of cheap, like seven thousand or. Okay, yeah, that's what five bucks, a little under five bucks, three fifty. Yeah, the thing to really be concerned about is the faction stacking. I mean, going along with the point Lether made, you can uh, if you can triple stack your faction boosters, you get a higher payout of your LP, and then you can translate that into selling. Triple stack faction boosters. I believe so. Uh, Yeah, it says uh, veteran players can achieve or getting more of those loyalty points you need. So yeah, I guess faction boosters are stackable. I didn't even see that. That's a very good point. So that's that's the SQ iteration. Yeah, that that's. Yeah, that's not good. It's gonna yeah, be problematic. I, I hadn't thought about that. Again, good catch. It's kind of bad. Yeah, I, I would have actually preferred they just up the, you know, the, the SP per. Well, I mean, they did, but if they're if you're gonna give a substantial increase to to SP generation, I, I wouldn't do it by letting people stack multiple boosters. I mean, again, that I felt comfortable with the fifty percent. The hundred percent was pushing it, but they were expensive, so I was okay with it. But you know, shit. You know, that that's a lot of SP game if you if you really want to put the money into it. I would love to hear Denny Fleetfoot's uh, perspective on this because something that you said earlier is my initial reaction to changes like this. Um, I mean, on the one hand, it's a whale trap, right? It's like, you know, <laughs> who actually buys three boosters and puts them on at the same time for anything other than like, you know, a million clone challenge type of event. Um, but the other thing that I fear will happen is is people will get into the game. Dust is a hard game to get into. Some of these changes help a little bit, but there, there's still a lot of things you can buy, and they're adding a lot of things that you can buy, which is, you know, whether you think it's good or bad, um, they, they certainly translate to numerical bonuses that a new player who might be a bit bewildered with their skill point gain, a bit confused by the progression system all the things that we've said in the past they look at this and then they see and i can add three of these things and then they go get murked by someone in proto gear and they're like everyone has three of these things this is bullshit (laughs) you know and they quit like 
I worry about that sort of thing. I think that a new, I think that, I mean, if a new player is going, I don't know, if a new player gets hit, usually it's that first match when they get out of the academy, and this is where squad up with the new players. I mean, if I go and squad up with one, it's like, oh, hey, this is, I'm pretty good. I'm good. I'm kicking ass. And I mean, I usually go and hold back, and then it's like, get into the first pub match, and then someone's hopes and dreams have just been stomped by a full squad of Nihonsan. Right, so I fear that that, that situation gets exacerbated um, by, of course, in any free-to-play game, right? I play Planet Site 2, and you try to get cert points, and then you look, and it's like, buy whatever they're selling, and it's like, Man, this is kind of grindy and stupid, and it made me not want to play. Uh, so whenever they increase those numbers, I, I get a fear that there's a commensurate backlash of, man, that's, you know, they just want me to, to pour money into their pockets. So but, but I do think it's important that there be ways to catch up. I mean, there's veterans have been, you know, in Eve especially, it's it's pretty much impossible to catch up to a veteran veteran player and. I think that ways, you know, there, you get complaints even just with the increased SP rate because people are worried about, well, I put in all this time. Yeah, but I don't new care about the SP rate. I'm glad for that. I mean, I think almost it, every vet is happy about these changes. Almost. Yeah, but I, I, I mean, can you name a I uh, say there was a guy complaining that let noobs catch up to him. Yeah, <laughs> okay. well, yeah how many I mean, that people, was the complaint that I saw. Look, I love everyone, but you can go fuck yourself. <laughs> how many? Com- I mean, how many complaints are there about? How many complaints are there from a new player or from a vet who sees the new players versus about the SP being so slow to catch up versus how many people are complaining about not ha- having noobs catch up to them? I mean, I, yeah. I, I think it's actually a different complaint, at least from the, the people I've talked to. I think a lot of the concern is is that, and this this kind of actually, I'll segue into the next section of the skill points. Is what what they what they've been doing is that they are increasing the weekly cap on active skill points. So it, it was floating around uh, one hundred ninety thousand, I think, and now they're pushing it up to four hundred fifty thousand. So it, it's nearly four times the. The, the active you know sp gain and so i think what a lot of the vets are complaining about is that they may have spent x number of dollars in the past on like you know a weekly booster and that booster is only worth effectively 190,000 sp worth of, of bonus but a new player coming in can spend the exact same amount of money and if if they grind it out that bo- that that booster gets them more sp because it's still a weekly bonus but it's it's basically four times as effective because it's, it's the cap is much much higher and so i think there's some concern that 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 their boosters are are worth more now than they were in the past so veterans feel that if they've spent money in the past they feel like the newer players are getting a better deal so i i can get where they're coming from i just don't necessarily People get a agree. better deal on things that buy thing that come in later on things all the time think about the pricing of of you know stuff you buy if you buy it the first day it's available it tends to cost 10 times more what you can pick it up at kmart for in in a year and i I think that you can't really design a game on well it used to be worth this much no i I get that i'm not really complaining i'm disagreeing i'm just saying that i think that a lot of the complaints about 
this change are not necessarily people not wanting newbies to catch up. I think it's more of their ORM investment. So I think that's the angle they're coming from. It's not just, oh, I want to be top dog. I mean, sure, there, there are some people that are going to be like that, but I don't think they're all like that. So I, I wouldn't lump them all into that category. I think there's some investment concerns involved as well. That That's fair, but I don't know that... So the thing about using 3x scope boosters as a catch-up mechanism is is it's actually pretty expensive right i just don't think it i don't see who is actually going to be buying and applying 3x boosters to be quite frank with you which which is funny after all this discussion right i don't think that many people will do it because it's expensive and you still have to grind it right it's not like you know i i used to buy passive boosters when i used to give ccp money um because I didn't have to do anything to to get the passive boosting, um, which helped me out a, uh, a bit. So to, to me, it's like you have a few whales who will spend on the 3x boosters and all three, right? Or two or however many. And, and then you have the new players who see it and it's probably too expensive for most people, right? How many does... How much did, did three boosters cost? So you want to know offhand, like say for a week, rather than the month. Um, for the weekly. Uh, yeah, so, say for a week. I think it'd be thirty. Ooh, I think. Uh, we'll ball. We'll ball. Ballpark it at twenty-five to be conservative, right? Um, twenty, twenty-five. It, I'm not doubting Keller, but twenty or twenty-five is bad. Is the point. <laughs> You know, like that—that's kind of expensive to be dumping on on a free-to-play game uh, for a single week's worth of whatever you're getting in content. So, some whales will do it, and then new players. I, I fear that there's not that much benefit coming in, if that makes sense. So, there's some negative for new players seeing this and thinking that this is what they're required to do to get to this upper point. Whereas that's it, not really the case. But how do you convey that to new players? Right, you can't. Well, that kind of touches upon the fact that the tutorials are, um, how to say this, yeah, and be accurate, utter shit. Oh yeah, that's that's his whole, uh, separate issue, right? And that's true, but certainly that's not going to be fixed anytime soon. So I don't know. I, I just don't think it's that big of a change. As said, I don't think it's going to uh, to affect that many people. I don't think that many people are going to take advantage of it. But it's still fucking weird. So Yeah, it makes me uneasy. I mean, you do raise a good point that most probably won't do that. But again, it, it just it rubs me the wrong way. Now, now one hidden, but hidden benefit that I actually do kind of like is that, you know, I, I know there was a, a guy in the forums that was complaining that his booster wasn't worth as much now because he had to grind four times as much to get its value which is totally off i mean the act of capping a character is actually wasting your booster because if you cap the remaining time on your booster you have is basically pointless i mean yes you gain the 50 percent on the you know the war point gains but that's really not worth all that much so i mean the fact that it's it's the active sp gain is to a point where it's like you have to play a lot every day to actually cap for the week and so i think there might be more of a push to not 
you don't need to cap. It's less detrimental if you don't cap. But your booster, if you buy a seven-day booster, you're going to probably get the full benefit of it all week long because you're not going to cap out. You aren't going to make that booster pointless. So I, I think it's actually a good thing in that regard, this increased cap. Because, I mean, I sure as hell don't have the time to to get 450,000 SP in active active SP every week. It's, it's just not going to happen. So in that regard, I'm actually a little more encouraged to actually use the booster because I won't be capping but I can still get that full benefit, you know. So I think that's kind of a, a side thing people haven't necessarily noticed. And I think it's actually a good thing in that regard. I think it makes boosters worth more because you're guaranteed to get the, the full benefit from it. And, and honestly, most people who do cap are going to get more SP out of their booster than they did before because they aren't going to hit that cap early in the week and, and waste the rest of the time. So I think in that regard, it's, it's, it's going to be pretty good stuff. You raise a good point. Maybe it's a, an incentive for people who play a lot to, to buy longer uh, lasting boosters. Of course, there are always the people who are running one or three day boosters and just capping, right? Who are playing super hard. That's an interesting point. Well, yeah, I mean, you, you can look at the player counts and it tends to be a lot higher at the start of the week and then it kind of peters off because people have already capped and they just, you know, they stop playing because there's there's very little reason to keep going on that character. So I think in this regard, it encourages you to actually keep playing on the same character because chances are you're you're not going to actually cap out your character unless you spend, you know, six plus hours a day playing, you know, at the, at an average rate. So you know, I, I think it's I think it's a good thing. Some may disagree, but you know, it, for me, it's it's definitely a positive. So let's let's move on to the big one: uh, skill reset and refund. So. Finally, CCP is offering a means to get a respec on your SP. Uh, it will be purchased for Aurum. We don't know the specifics on how much it costs, but basically it's just a, a wipe. You can just reset all your SP and, and respend it as, as you like. So this has been a, a really big uh, point of concern. I mean, a lot of people have been crying for respects for a very long time. And, you know, they're finally getting it. And, of course, an equal number of threads popped up saying, don't give respects. So I kind of want to get your guys' thoughts on that. What's your personal opinion? How do you feel about it? Well, it's really nice they're automating the process now, so it frees up development time. Oh, GM tickets mostly, but yes. Jadik, that was incredibly diplomatic <laughs> of you. <laughs> that, that was, like, the, the least non-negative. I, I think... You know, last week I was a bit more ambivalent. Uh, I've thought it over more, and uh, I, I had a thread go by unresponded to about Legion that also prompted me some sads um, that have made me consider Dust, that it, we might be relying on Dust long-term <laughs> for a very long time. I don't like respects in that context, uh, you know. CCP will certainly make money in the short term on it. It, how expensive it is, is certainly a good question. You know, if it's twenty bucks, people aren't going to be laying down twenty bucks just to to respec every other day, uh, or every other patch, even. Well, most people, of course. But you know, it's it's the same arguments that have gone through uh, as, as an old organizer of planetary conquest stuff. One of the one of the advantages we tried to to wield was having the organization coordination to get people into uh, a set of skills that that made sense that went cohesively together in, in building a team and, and we did that from four people from day one right we tried to convince people to to spec within the roles that they wanted and to, to pick the but within those to pick suits that made sense 
and fittings that would make sense. And in order for those decisions to, to show benefit, there needed to be a slow interchange between flavor of the month cycles and nerfed flavor of the month cycles. Usually that happens in a balanced meta. So you, you have a flavor of the month pop up, CCP nerfs it, or whoever nerfs it, and the the consistent middle-of-the-line thing that wasn't overpowered but that was good is its best right after that thing gets nerfed, and then it slowly peters off down to its kind of base-level uh, effectiveness. I wax eloquent. Anyway, that whole dynamic is shattered by uh, respects. There, there's... No way to accomplish I would that. state that I think that, that respects are more and more irrelevant with this patch because you now also have uh, a greater skill point gain in general. You have the ability to stack boosters. I think it's, in fact, disadvantageous in many cases to go and uh, choose to use the respect method, but it's important to have it because of the number of people who will not be satisfied with any other word than, I want a respect. I mean, that that's true, and that's something I kind of wanted to... This would be a good time to say it because we're at the end of the end of the list, right? Of stuff. The, this patch, CCP have put a lot of time and effort. I mean, you know, not that not to lump them for it on stuff that will that they can make more money off of. But a lot of the stuff that they're implementing is stuff that I would typically argue wasn't good for the long term uh, feasibility of the dynamics and dust, but always had the potential to make them money you know no, nobody should question that they could make money off of respects right you, you could I, I mean i could talk to my court mates uh, for years now and uh, you'd get 25 30 45 50 percent of them just you know rough heuristic saying yeah like i i fucking hate what i'm in it has been nerfed three times how am i supposed to make this decision i'd like i want to respect uh, so they'll make money. The question is, is it really going to pan out for the game in the long term? And you're right, they, they've made changes to the skilling system. Is that going to pan out? It might. I would have rather they went through Tiracide. But of course, you know, that, that becomes increasingly unlikely as, you know, we put a lot of effort into balancing stuff um, in its current state. And now we've got skill point changes, which make tiers less relevant in some sense because you can scale into stuff faster but but they're still relevant for the new player experience <laughs> because you're still going to have low sp for a while so yeah luther i think you kind of touch on a big thing i mean that whole end game dynamic being able to scale to that point faster how that's going to like translate to a feeling of accomplishment in the game like when did you get to that point i've beaten dust what do i do now I think someone counted out that well, you, you spend, you know, you triple stack Omega boosters. What is like if you, you spend like five grand to do it, but you could max out every skill in dust in 80 something weeks. I think Kane figured that. Well, you don't win dust until you leave it. Oh, it's the I same Eve thing. Yeah. Yeah. Were you an Eon at some point? Mm, yeah. Yeah. Uh, just for a little bit. You had to think <laughs> about that really hard. Yeah. Just for a little bit. <laughs> Uh, it's been a while, though. Sure. <laughs> that's that's a jab at any of your young friends if they're still around. Yeah, I miss those hey, days. still. <laughs> no, never mind. Never mind. 
I guess the way I see it is, I mean, let's be honest here, Dust is basically a lobby shooter. It, it never panned out to become what it should have been. So it's basically a lobby shooter. I mean, yeah, you got the oral mechanic and you have some some sort of link with Faction Warfare, but it's basically a lobby shooter. And the the intention to move to you know, a true persistent open world sort of universe that was linked to EVE Online, we were had, we had a lot of loose ends, I think, that were there with the intention of, of tying into those those more lofty goals. And I think they've basically obviously said, we're not doing that for Dust, we're doing that for Legion. And so they're kind of tying up those loose ends with the intention of, yep, it's a lobby shooter. It's a free-to-play lobby shooter with a cash shop. You know, that's what it is. So we're just going to kind of bundle it up and that's that's what it's going to be. And that makes me kind of sick because, you know, I obviously I, we all love Dust. We all want it to become what hopefully Legion will become. But at the same time, it's like, is this a good thing just to kind of accept the fact that it is what it is and, and, and give people those tools that they wanted? And yes, it is a way for them to make money. But at the same time, I do feel like it's almost tying up loose ends that we were keeping open for the sake of future progress that we obviously know isn't going to happen at this point. So, you know, I, 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 you know, some of it makes me kind of uncomfortable. You know, the respects, I don't normally like the sell to NPC. I, I don't like, but for the state of which dust is in the state of where, it, what it's going to be and what it's not going to be, is it really a bad thing? And I, I, I have to say probably not. I, I think that doing these things, it's kind of accepting defeat for dust, but we all kind of knew that to begin with. And so, I mean, it, it, it's not going to be what we want it to be, but is it a positive in, in, in the long run for Dust? Probably. Well, I mean, that's the thing. It all boils down to the question of whether they're actually still making Legion, if they'll ever talk about it, and if it'll actually ever happen, and we can get core changes to the game. You know, despite the, uh, the fact that this is a client patch, which is itself kind of alarming, in a way, because we weren't supposed to be getting client patches, and and now we are. So that really throws into flux where the hell Legion is. Uh, of course, you know that that just boils down to CCP saying anything other than throwing a your random general brand director. I, I hope he doesn't listen to this because that just sounded really condescending. But oh man, that interview, man. I have no words for, for that, except like, why is this guy allowed to speak on camera when he is obviously not checked in on that product? I, 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 had, we, I had a lot of words to say. I was screaming at my screen while he was, while he was talking. But I, I if there are any CCP employees listening, I would strongly encourage you to, to, to maybe have a word or, or if, if Ryan is listening, maybe think about if you're not going to talk about Legion, just just refuse to do an interview. <laughs> yeah. What was kind of sucky about it is we had a, I think two dust people show up to uh, E Vegas there. I remember it was like Joseph Rich, and he was trying to actually talk to that guy, and he wouldn't say anything. He just he'd only talk to someone from the press. Should have had a press. Should make fake press. <laughs> I mean, Chance it makes make sense. Fake press pass. Uh, I was sitting there watching the video. And went, oh, this makes sense. Now the reason we don't have anything on Legion is because we have an idiot at the helm leading marketing. Okay, that makes sense. Well, though. I think we've always known that marketing wasn't so bright. I mean, I mean, I think that was very obvious from the start. 
Yeah, I mean, I don't like to trash yeah. on people. I mean, they're they're doing their job, but honestly, that guy just pissed me off. Just the, the crap he was spewing, and it's just like, dude, you have no idea what's really going on. You know, you, you don't get it, and he's just spewing crap. And, and yeah, if, if you guys haven't seen the interview, there's an interview um, available from e Vegas on Legion. And when I say it's on Legion, I mean there's nothing about Legion in it other than you know, we can't talk about it because reasons. So, so there's, there's there, nothing there was a whole there thing meaningful. about player communication being an important thing in, in the process. <laughs> yeah. I, yeah, I'm I, telling you guys, the, that guy's straight out of 2011. CCP have been spending their money on a time machine, and that's why my dust completely bunked, so that they could bring someone in from 2011 to talk about our visceral hand-to-hand uh, <laughs> -hand <laughs> experience. I'm sorry, that was just like right out, out of Right out of 2011. No yeah. other way to describe that. Like, I, mean, I can't. Just... You guys, like, guys, what you should do if you're in marketing right now at CCP, you need to sit down and come up with a new set of buzzwords because those are all played. Promise. After it's last a visceral fest, experience. Yeah. After last fan fest, they're all played. Promise. <laughs> it just it just boggles the mind that they know that this shit blows up in their face and they're still doing it. It's like, how many times are you going to, you know, stab yourself in the eye before you figure out, huh, maybe I shouldn't lie about having player communication and actually do it. I mean, <laughs> are they, do they expect lying? the press just to buy it? What are do you they, talking do they, about? Do they expect the press just to buy it? That, oh yeah, they're talking with the their players. You care. Should, the press just so, wants to go and have stories. So let me talk care. about, let me talk about contradictory messages. So we've got some interesting contradictory messages. We know that CCP have had wild success with, uh, with the balance patches that Rat and, and Logi Bro and their team have, have pushed through on Dust. Um, large part because they've interacted with the community. Uh, on the other hand, they don't uh, talk about Legion. Let's talk about another contradiction. Uh, client patch for Dust that Pokey is right is tying off a lot of loose ends that, that kind of says to everyone this is not going to be a long-term game in the sense that this is not going to be a long-term resource war game which was what you know kind of one of the the selling points that we were originally on about so so they're saying that it's not going to be that game at the same time they're patching it and and devoting resources to dust which i'm not saying it's not great to see dust improved it is but they won't talk about legion They've taken resources that they apparently aren't applying to Legion to, to make a client-side patch to Dust. It's like it's well, self-contained you know, contradiction. Dust and, Dust and like, Legion are using different different pools of resources. I mean, you say that, right? I mean, I've heard this whole research versus uh, research versus like you know the Dust earmarked stuff, but I I find it hard to believe that that that's so incredibly separate in a company that just like you know slashed 10 or 15 percent of their workforce like yeah it's kind of the idea that ccp is a one and a half trick pony right now well to be fair a lot of the stuff that they're adding in terms of actual assets was already completed and just needed to be tweaked to get it in there so i mean the the, the work required for that may have been significantly lower. I mean, the map was already done for the most part. The terrain was already done for the most part. So, I mean, I can kind of get that. And I, I mentioned it earlier that I found it surprising that they added stuff like, you know, the NPC agent in the in the the war or the Merc quarters. I expected just a menu, but the fact that there's actually like a model, I, I almost wonder if these are things that 
were in Legion or they're planning and putting in Legion in, in whatever form. And they just kind of went, eh, we can toss the model over there, you know, and, and throw it in. Or the, the loyalty system. That could be a Legion thing that they just went, eh, just throw it in dust. I mean, that, that's not hard to do if you've already coded it. I mean, it's not like a loyalty system is proprietary to a PC and won't work on the PS3. So, I mean, they, they could be devoting some resources, but at the same time, it, it could also be a lot less than it appears because it's already being done in a different project. Now, I obviously don't know. It's just me tinfoiling. But I, I think in that regard, it's it's kind of ambiguous in actually how much dust unique effort was put into this that wasn't already done or being done on another project. And they just kind of, you know, ported it over for, for you know, a, a quick add-on. Well, I mean... I, I agree. There, there are two sides to every coin, and on on the flip side, the question is, you can't. It's very hard to just repurpose development teams um, as well. Is one thing I'll say, like without concerted effort. That that at least has been my experience. Um, I don't do game dev, but in, in development, you know, Soraya does some of this stuff too, so he might have a word on it. But like, you know, people who are working on a thing. Uh, coding a thing, making a thing. Well, it, it, it's you can certainly assign them tasks, you know, in batches. But like, it's hard to say. Well, you know, we made this thing for a legion, and now we want you to put it in dust. That that's like, you know, okay, putting it in dust. How? What are the technical underpinnings? You know, okay, well, I mean, we have to put it in this format. It is the same engine. You, I that's mean, true. That's and true. And the, that's the other thing is in terms of. In terms of graphics quality, the other thing is that you may notice that when you look at something far off, it is in lower quality. You have to develop lower quality models of every item you put in a game. So, you know, that's called level of detail, and that's ensuring you're not rendering, like, you know, a 5,000 polygon item when it's 300 meters away and you're, you, you, what you see is a spec. It, you know, it's got to have a level, you know, a number of polygons relative to how close it is to you, how much detail you can see. So they already have to make those models. So taking that work and then putting it in, in dust at a lower resolution isn't actually all that that difficult. There's an argument to be made, too, that testing things is um, you know something they can try out and see how things go. They can test out, hey, does this do players like this? Do players like that? Um, you know, does this have issues we need still to work out, or is this good? There's a lot of things that you can possibly, you know, benefit from throwing stuff in dust in terms of, you know, pre, pre-working on Legion as well. Well, do you test, but you don't talk? To... You, well, you test, but you're not willing to talk to people, right? Well, that's, gonna... you know, that's, yeah. That's CCP yeah. logic. <laughs> I mean, it would be huge if they said, hey, we got this loyalty system we did for Legion. We think it's really cool. It's not too hard to put in dust, so we want to let you guys try it out and see what you think. If they just said that, people would be like, sweet, you know, cool. You know, we, we, we like that. We don't like that. You know, they don't care what it is. They just want to have input. They want to know that stuff is happening. But again, this comes down to CCP having this fear of, of talking about Legion and if it's actually existing or not. Like they are so set on hammering in that, oh, well, it's, it's a prototype. It's not a project. Yeah, they, they, they drop that line so often. I'm just like, guys, you're, you're lying through your teeth here. What's actually going on? You know, because because some I, I don't believe that that you you still consider this only a, a prototype. Like, there's got to be more to it. You know, I, I don't want tinfoil too much again, but it's like 
they are so insistent on hammering that that line in every time they, they ask about it. It's like you're, you're covering something up. Just talk to us. You will have an overjoyed population who isn't scrambling for five seconds of John Wick to get the most information on a Legion they can with some, you know. <laughs> it was a good movie, though. It was. It was. Sure. But, but my point is it, it's almost kind of pathetic. We're like dogs digging for scraps that fall off the table. And little bits of footage that land in a movie and people lose their shit because that's the best we get. And if they just said, hey, this is an asset we've got in both games – I think people would be cool with that. I think they would really enjoy that and appreciate that. Exactly. I mean, if a little bit of communication can go a fucking long way, it's not like, oh, if, I mean, even if they went and did the little posts like they used to do earlier, where they just say, hey, here's this feature we're interested in putting in, like with uh, progression. Now that got a huge, that got a huge amount of feedback. So what if the feedback's not good? It's going to happen, but I mean, it doesn't matter if the feedback's not good. It matters if you're getting feedback or not. It matters if you're interacting with the community. If you don't interact with the community, the community's not going to be very happy, which is going to, it's not going to lead to good places because I mean, I don't see Legion as having a community of its own. To really have, it's going to pull people from Eve and it's going to pull people from Dust. And to be quite honest, the people from Dust are going to have a a greater advantage in a huge amount of ways. I mean, they'll have the meta, they'll have, they'll know what gear, they'll have the SP, they'll have ISK, they'll have. You're wanting to not interact with the people who are more likely going to be some of the most important players in that game. I, I just don't see why they don't want to. Because the guy in charge of marketing is an idiot? Yeah. Let me, I think let we've me known confirm. that for a while. Yeah, right? like, I I have no idea about that. Like, as the rumors go, you know, FanFest was a bit of a fallout with marketing and, and everyone else in terms of dust, but, you know, we still have interesting decisions going on. Um, and it, you'd think it would have to be someone above Rouge's head or else he's complicit in it, in which case, dude, what? what? I thought you were cool. <laughs> um, that's pretty much my reaction by this point. Um, uh, one, one thing I was going to say was that the, this tinfoil speculation on my end you know, we, all we have is speculation. So, so we have this this line. Uh, they they talk about not greenlighting. You know, greenlighting being the word. I don't know why that became the the way to put it, but uh, not greenlighting Legion. All right. So what ha- what would happen if they didn't? Uh, what would be their alternatives? Right. Like either dust runs into the ground and dies. You know, a a very sad <laughs> kind of simpering death. Or they try to port it to PS4 directly, which they, you know, arguably, considering the way that they've been treating Legion for the last, you know, year by this point, should have done in the first place instead of trying this BS. Um, okay, well, then the exact long-term issues that I'm concerned about in this patch would probably be, you know, anachronisms that would... Man, some $5 words tonight. Uh, that would... Uh, carry over and that scares me like so so now we're imagining a ps4 ported dust that has a future but it has respects and triple boosters and you know a market agent and all these things that are definitely an admission to an arcade game 
that's kind of scary. I, I don't know. I, I don't think there's anything that really closes avenues here. Um, I, I do think, you know, it is, at the end of the day, a free-to-play game, and it was never not going to be a free-to-play game, and I don't think CCP was doing before a particularly good job of being a free-to-play game. And if anything, you know, I, th- I think this may be them finally figuring out how to be a free-to-play game. I, I disagree that this is the universal solution. I think that they've come across a lot of great things. I mean, they've been selling Quave suits, and a lot of them. You know, the the, per- the personalization that people wanted. I mean, you, you can... Uh, Aeon Amity speaks from beyond the mumble and says... BPOs. <laughs> Aeon, I love you. But, you know, it, unless you're concerned about uh, BPO suits and their effect on the economy, you know, the personalization aspect is the only part of Quave suits. That's great. Uh, the thought of, like, having a an agent that doesn't add, like, this bonus, but it's just, like, kind of an avatar thing to add to your, your mark quarters, that's great. Like, they've they have some of the things that we've been telling them that people would pay oodles of money for. Uh, you know, they've started getting those in, but some of these other changes, some of the, the actual statistical changes, I, I'm i not as big of a fan of those. Okay, but I return to my tinfoil that, you know, they're, they're, they could be, they could be trying, you know, trying to decide, well, does this work? Does that work? Just, just because just gonna say something. I mean, quick. they're they're definitely going at a, a variety of avenues of uh, you know convincing people to open their wallets, and I don't think that that's inherently a bad thing. You're tinfoiling, correct, Soraya? Yeah. yeah. Okay. It's just one of those lovely feelings you get when you know CPM's tinfoiling too. You know, it's it's uh, you know a theory. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, I think we've probably exhausted our topics here for the night, and it is getting kind of late here. So, is there what anything else you guys my... want to do before hey, shoutouts? Come on, not even going to talk about going and having needles, going and just nerfing oh, those shit. into the ground. Oh, yeah, I just forgot go about that. That was, my, that was one change I was not day. happy about. Um, I mean, like, I'm happy about it from the fact that I'm glad Killer's Day is is ruined by it. Um, I'm I'm actually that's the only reason I'm not angry about the change. Um, that Killer's Day is ruined, because ruining Killer's Day, you have to bear in mind, is like my primary goal as CPM, is to make Killer sad. Um, but <laughs> yes, make no, the um, campaign manager sad. The, That's yeah, the see, key. It's, it's you help me, and then I screw you over. <laughs> no, um, I, I think the, the biggest thing to me is I, I think not enough people use the call for help button, and I don't like the idea that you have to use, that someone has to request the help to get it. I think that you should be able to get the help, whether you asked for it or not, but it should be an option to choose to use the help or to say, no, I wanted a reject revive option. And that is still what I believe is the ideal manner of gameplay. But uh, uh, I, I didn't win on that, obviously. You can still troll people pretty easily that way. I mean, you could give them the hope that you're going to, oh, I'm just about to revive you. No, no, you're not getting the revive. For those of you who haven't read the patch notes, basically what they've done is uh, you cannot be revived by a needle unless you actually press the call for help button, which then makes your little revive icon blink on the Logi screen. So it allows people to 
reject a revive by not asking for it in the first place. So if you just want to bleed out, you can just bleed out. But if you actually want to be revived, you can hit a button and that will unlock the ability for a lodge nearby to actually revive you. Um, I'm, I'm kind of with Sarai. I would have preferred a reject revive button rather than a you have to call for it. But that probably comes down to a matter of resources implementing it. It's probably easier just to have the you know feature not work unless you actually asked right. for it. Didn't they have it that way before? It used to work that way. You just had a suicide button. I I mean, I think, no, I mean, I think there was, I I think there was a patch where they made it so you had to call for help and everyone hated it and they changed it back, but I I could be completely wrong. I feel like... A long time ago. (sighs) Really? I I feel like I don't remember that. If I have two people saying the opposite, then so be it. I remember there, there was a patch where it was very hard to find people who were dead if they didn't call for help, it seems like. It still is. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, that's true. But, like, of course, I remember back when they first threw in needles and they didn't even have to call for help, and it was just like, is that guy, is that guy dead? Has he bled out yet? Uh, you, you'd stick him and everyone was, like, surprised. <laughs> you know, like, it's like, whoa, that actually uh, worked. But, but yeah, I think, I think, like, Battlefield 3 and 4 and whatever games still have for 5 mechanics have pretty much proven that the, uh, that the accepting revive thing tends to work better <laughs> than than most other systems, or it tends yeah, to work. Yeah. So I mean, I've never seen a game where, aside from Dust, where there wasn't a you get a revive and then you can accept or reject it at that point. Mag was um, non-consensual. Yeah, Mag, but, uh, but it was really yeah, it's really fast though. Um, so it wasn't that big of a deal. Like you came up with full help health in mag whereas in dust you have this like three second animation and you can't move and your screen has to reload and you're up with like half armor and you know yeah mag you could basically pop up and be shooting and kill the guy who killed you in half a second if someone sprayed you from across the room it was a little insane amazing <laughs> thankfully they were thankfully now you can get your shields back yeah that, that's something that went in last update i believe and you come back with the same percentage of shields as you do armor which is pretty legit it's actually made your survivability quite a bit higher, especially on some of those heavy suits that have a lot of shields. So you know, that, that's good to see. Yeah, it's really increased the value of those LP needles too. Oh, I love myself some hundred percent needles, except when Zell's in squad, which who I still will <laughs> kill, and I don't oh. care if I go and get kicked. See, and here's why kills. I don't squad with Killer and Fakwar. Yeah, you guys are so abusive. This is this it's is a, a, a very abusive relationship. Yeah. It's it's like a love hate when it's like five percent hate for every percent every part love, but you know. No, no, it's, it's probably ninety five percent hate, five like percent love. Just this is the parting shot. <laughs> it's, a very, it's a very it's a very close line, you know. Yeah. What was it, Luther? The parting shot on needles that I'd say is I still think that one of the biggest detriments to needles across the board is the fact that their animation still takes forever, um, compared to battle times. I still think that that's bad, um, especially. It's funny comparing Mag, where we didn't have this concept of clone count and and dust, and, and then comparing the two revive systems. Like you, you probably don't ever want the revive system as cartoony as Mag's unless you're playing Mag. But it, it was so much easier and prolific. And you compare that to Dust, where your big advantage is not spending a ticket, right, to die. Uh, but it's like in competitive situations, like I literally would tell I, I would get mad at people if they had 
uh, needles. I would tell people before we into PC matches, don't have a needle. You know, like if I catch you with a needle, I'm gonna be irritated. I always um, used hundred percent. So. Like I always, see, I was at night. I still, would use like eighties and hundreds. I mean, if you the problem is killer. Like you, you still like, have I'm, to bend down. Like even even if you even if you're a safe needler, if you know what you're doing and you're not gonna pick someone up in most cases yeah. where they're gonna get shot, it I still mean, takes too long. On, like I was on the outside though. It, it, it's too thing. much of a risk. Yeah. Like, for, I mean, fair enough. Like you. There could be some people who know how to use needles, right? But yeah. it was like, you know, it made more sense as policy the majority to be people, like... Yeah. But yeah, still in PC, it's a lot safer to spawn in. Even someone who knows what they're doing, uh, with the length of the, the animation, it can still go awry. And when it does, it's really bad in PC, because you lose that guy, you lose the guy needling, um, and potentially you lose a, something that could have been uplink. Could have been remote explosives. That the opportunity cost of that slot is huge. That equipment slot, like you could do so many other things with it. So, has Ratani even talked about potentially speeding up the animation? Is that something you might be interested in doing? Uh, we could poke around, see what he thinks about it. I think it's definitely worth looking at. I mean, even if it was a situation where the injection animation from the Lodgy was fast, and then the standing up animation was slower. At least you're only putting one person at risk instead of both of them. When Lodgy is, you know, crouching down for way too long while the other guy stands up and they're both at risk. I think that would even be an improvement. But I think overall just ramping that speed up a little bit would, would be huge. Because like, like Luther said, we, we tell people, don't bother with a needle. It's a liability. You're going to get killed. You're going to get the other guy killed again. It's it's not worth it to so just respawn because it's it's way too long. I mean, we don't want something as cartoony as Mag where, you know, you pop up guns blazing, but at the same time, it's a point where it's not worth it. Then that piece of equipment is devalued to a point where it's, it. You, what's the point of having it? You know, if, it, if it's not useful in, in competitive play, you know, it needs to actually have some viability. So something definitely you should probably look at. I think a lot of the logic community would really appreciate at least some thought into that in terms of, you know, maybe speeding that up or, or tweaking how it works. So I, I do encourage you to at least approach Rotati and get his thoughts on that. Community or even the assault community. Like it, it would be the, the needle is the most logical thing, uh, except for the fact that it doesn't, it kind of underperforms to stick on a, an assault suit. Cause it's the cheapest, I believe if someone will correct me if I'm wrong. Uh, of all the equipment types um, and uh, assaults tend to be in position for that sort of maneuver they also have more health to pull it off if it were somewhat faster right um, but you know they're, they're not so it it's an interesting thing there, there's a certain limitation I think uh, everyone can feel comfortable with the actual technical limitation of the, the screen switching because it takes for forever you know to pull up the uh, overhead map uh, always one of the <sighs> I hate to speculate but crappy things yeah always one of the amazing disappointing things can, amazing how it takes uh, half and half a minute to load a simple spreadsheet to look at court members. <laughs> like that was the overhead map was always uh you know a big blow to me a big blow to my heart because it's like you want to be able to pull it out open and see what the actual tactical strategic layout uh, of what's going on is but that that's never actually an option i digress would you want to look at the map and see tactical things what are you 
I like to be able to open a map and I'll fall through it. (laughs) Isn't that right? Falling through the map is always comical. Alright guys, is there anything else you want to go over before we do shoutouts? Okay, I think we're good then. I've been having some good luck going and blowing up people in space doing orbitals. I mean, this has nothing to do with it. I mean, Can anyone find you and no one kill you during the course of the podcast? Uh, no, no one killed me. Darn. That, that should be an event. It should be he's in this region. Go and find him and see if they can I'm take in, him up uh, before the end of the podcast. Right now, I'm in the great wild, wild lands. <laughs> nice. Okay, I'm going right. to be heading into Molden Heath if anyone wants to try and get me. Uh, anyone who's listening? What, you know, what's your character name on. in Eve? Uh, Juan Milligary. Or, uh, yeah. All right, guys, um, there you go. Yeah. Go find him. Yep. Zeb will pay handsomely. <laughs> yeah. what, are, are you spending my money? Yes, yes. Well, you, it's you, on you a want, good cause. You want him to suffer. This is this is definitely in character for you. It's on a good cause, Zell. I can't it, believe, I can't believe you broke up with me and ran off with Pokey Soraya. Now he's spending your money. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I know. It's It's horrible. <laughs> Alright. Well let's let's uh it's getting pretty late here guys. Let's do shout outs. So we'll start at the top of the list again. Uh Iron Wolf. I like to give a shout out to uh CCP Rotati for this wonderful patch and his team. Hopefully we can learn the names of these developers that all did all these extra features. Alright, Janik. Uh, I'd like to give a shout out to Yep and Tech McMeds. I will finally be doubling your ISK when one point nine deploys. Alright, killer. Uh, shout out to Darth going in, getting PC stuff and getting a whole bunch of other stuff for top men going again. Sounds good. And Luther? The, uh, boring shout out to the guests. Thanks for having me on, guys. We're glad to have you. And Zell? I'm giving my shout out to the unnamed dev who's who's supposedly fixing the game. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, definitely a shout out to the, the dev team that put together 1.9. Lots of good stuff in there. You know, I, I really do hope that uh, things go well. There's some points of concern we've obviously gone over, but we'll, you know, we'll see. We don't have exact details yet. We'll find out on Tuesday and, and see if it blows up in our faces or not. And I have to give a, a shout out to Apia because they finally gave her the ability to not get revived by needles that she hates them so much. So it was, I think it was the only positive thing she had to say about the, the patch. So, uh, you know, I, we, we spar on the forums, but she's a, a pretty cool gal. So if know, we get a positive thing from, from Appia on a change list, that's, it, that's a win. Yeah. Yeah. She was like needles. Well, I wanted to re- reject button, but I'll take this. I was like, okay, well, hell has frozen over. So, uh, yeah. Anything else quick guys, before we head out? I know, Iron Wolf, I kind of got you off. I was correcting uh, Zill's multiple devs, not just one. Well, it's, uh, yeah, hopefully we can get some more information. Uh, since we complained about CCP and their marketing and their lack of communication, even though they claim they have lots of communication, which is always amusing. So, But uh, with that, guys, you know, thanks for tuning in. We'll uh, be back next week at the same time. Hopefully I get the time right this time. And hopefully Jay will be back with us uh, We'll see you then. So this is Biomass Crew and Guests signing off. Thanks, guys.